we tend to make a lot of jokes after we skimp out on doing podcasts for a while about us pretending not to remember how to podcast. That's right, man. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, we're very experienced, and therefore I feel that joke is a bit old hat. Mm, it is a bit. Have you got anything better? Not really, so let's just start. It's Tom and Matt Attack. What a cop-out. I know, People well... People have been waiting so long for this episode. You come <laughs> back with that, Matthew. Well, I mean, you know, right. I wasn't going to, like... I don't know. Maybe I'll put some Duel of Fates or something <laughs> under that introduction, so it's like a big operatic build-up. Whether or not you think this is a big deal really depends on your interest in Well, yeah, of course it does. It's podcast, just like, oh, those twats have decided to record something uh, again. Yes, I'm back in Denmark at surprise, the Surprise, surprise. <laughs> We're sitting at Matt's kitchen table. Yes. Um, we're ready to talk about video games again. Heaven forbid, Tom Parry. Wow. We, we sit down on a table and talk about video games. So this coming of the apocalypse, surely you're back in Denmark again for what? Third time? The third time since, uh, yeah. The, you left. The, yeah. Since I left, yeah. Fair enough. How are hmm. you doing, Tom Parry? Oh, well, you know, pretty good considering, you know. Uh, I'm back here in Denmark. Wow. <laughs> means I'm earning some money, so that's a good start, isn't that it? That is always uh, a good start. So, uh, yeah, I've been keeping busy. Yeah. I've been doing a lot with Blast Process just lately. Yeah. And you can check all that out on blastprocess.com. Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, that's completely the opposite of me. I actually took a, a month off doing anything. Mm, was uh, there a reason behind that? I had a lot of work mm. and I realized, hey, I could kill myself to try and fit all these things in, but then I'll be really tired and I'll probably get really stressed. So I yeah, should probably and you'll be that. grumpy, Matt. I would be grumpy, Matt. Uh, unfortunately, it, it meant that I was like, okay, well, I've got some bits and bobs to do. Uh, helping out a uh, listener of the show, Ali, with some stuff and doing some other things for you can, myself. You can plug his, uh, I, shop, I, I yeah. don't, I can, um, mm. yeah, but I'll, I'll do that at the end, I guess. Okay. Mm. Um, I, I don't know if I should plug it or not. I don't <laughs> oh, know when okay. it's opening. And oh, I mean, right, okay. A, you want to get the details, right? Yes, well, well, exactly. you can wait, but he just sell video games. He does, yeah. I mean, you know, a good friend, the retro. Say that. I mean, say that he's, he's announced that he's opening this arcade as well called okay. Neon Knights. Okay. I just don't know the details, so I don't okay. want to be like, oh, surprise. Drop down his shop. Where is it? Uh, it's on Lee on C in yeah. Essex. So you should go there and yeah. have a look. It's good. I will hopefully be going there for the launch of this arcade, but let's see mm. whenever that is. Who knows, Tom Parry? It's a mystery. Um, yeah, so I, I was doing some logo work and helping some other people out back home I know who needed some freelance and generally watching some television shows and not really playing a lot of video games. Mm. I, I did actually plan on doing May Forward. I, I recorded a lot of footage uh, for the, the three games I haven't covered. Wow, it doesn't seem like a year since you last did that. No, it does not. Um, well, it's been a year since I got married, you know. Well, let's explain what May Forward was. Um, I, so I, I did a thing on the YouTube channel where I covered all of the games that uh, Way Forward had made and kind of made it like a, a mini biopic, I guess, of that studio. Yeah, been quite prolific, Way yeah, Forward. They have. A uh, yeah. lot of games in those 25 years. Yeah. Uh, you may have heard of games like Shantae. Shantae, um, Mighty Switch Horse. Yes. Um, 
that Mummy Demastered game that recently came out. That was them. They've made a lot of the good the games Alien in between. Game for they did. They did Contra DS. Four. Contra uh, Four. You know, there's a lot of good games coming yes, forward. Yes, so many games. Actually. And so there were three. So yeah, left. plenty of material. Yeah. Yeah, there were three left that I hadn't done uh, for the Game Boy Color, and that was Shante, obviously. Um, Wendy Every Which Way, which I, I did record footage for last year, but I didn't get around to doing it. And now I've got a Frame Meister, so I was like, well, I'll replay through this. And then also they did uh, WCW Mayhem. And so I, I did a few interviews. I, did a few, like, I started doing my background research, and I was like, oh, you know what? I just don't have time to do this right now, and I don't want to stress myself out, and I don't want to. I don't want to do it half-heartedly and so to be honest that's going to lead to perhaps some decisions around biographic that i will announce later in the month around the fifth anniversary wow five years five years yeah i can well you've done a lot of videos i have yeah you must be doing it for a while yeah well i mean you know we live together and i've been with marta now for a long time so Mm. yeah it goes to show yeah, um, so other than that, I, I've been playing a few video games, though. Oh, yeah, I've certainly played a few since we last uh, podcast. Really? I, I don't even remember when it was. <laughs> God, I think, it, I think it was honestly, I think we did one when you weren't in Denmark. So I think Wow, one in nearly two months. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Maybe one or two. I'm not sure, but I don't think like, yeah, no, you were you away could, a lot. You could and be right. I was away a two lot. Two months can actually go pretty quick. It can. I when mean, you're busy, especially. Yeah. It's been a year, you know, since we got married, and like not we, not me, not you. me and you. I mean, <laughs> our relationship is is it, it knows no laws, it knows mm. no bounds, it's unwritten. No, no, no. Since you married, you're, you're a good wife. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, Tom. We won't talk about that in public. We no. won't air our laundry to the listeners. No. Um, yeah. So I played a few games. In that time, not too many. I have to be honest. I bought I bought a few bits and bobs. I just haven't got around to playing any of them because I haven't really had the time. The oh, most. I, well, that's how it goes, man. It's just like. Well, what kind of games are we talking about here, man? Right. That you so, would have liked to have played. Um, I bought a game called Dracula's Castle, which is a newly released Game Boy game from it's Japan. Also a song by New Order. Yes. Uh, of uh, the uh, Wait for the Sirens Call album. I oh, think. really? Interesting. I don't think this has any relation to that. Okay. But um it's yeah, it's a it's an action game uh out of a Jap- small Japanese studio. I had to import it from Japan. and mm. so I'm very much looking forward to playing that. I haven't got around to that. I like importing games from Japan. Me too. Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah. Now especially as I can speak a bit of Japanese. I, I can Matt, you're putting us all to shame. Oh, that's how Carry it on. Um <laughs> so I got that, and I got a few other bits and bobs. I recently picked up um, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer game for the GBA, which I hear is pretty good and actually Who pretty obscure. developed that? Do you know? I is can't it? remember okay. off the top of my head, it's not way to forward, be perfectly then. honest. No, I don't think it is. Um, I also... Yeah, I just got a few bits and bobs. There's nothing really that's going to sing but, out. Like, mm, I bought a load of Japanese Game Boy games as well because mm. they were on the cheap, and a few... To fill my own collection uh, with like American exclusive Game Boy Color games. That's also fun as well. American exclusives. Yes, there are quite a few good ones for the Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance. So when I've seen them cheaper, picked them up. Uh, most notable Game Boy Color game I think I've got is um, Samurai Kid, which is oh. a spin off of the Hammering Harry series, which mm. is quite an obscure Japanese Game Boy Color exclusive. It's also a remake of. There's a Hammering Harry game for the Game Boy Color. Yeah. A Carpenter Genzo game, should I yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they essentially just remake it, but they put a samurai mascot in there instead. 
Uh, oh, because hammers aren't cool. Apparently not. No, so it goes. But I, I hear it's very good, and I look forward to playing it. But unfortunately, went to the UK. Did you ever play the PSP Hammering Harry? Game? I did not. No, that looked pretty good. I will. I will probably pick it up when I'm in Japan. To yeah. be honest with you, but we'll see. Yeah, games I have played though, Tom Parry. Yes. Um, I went to the local library, and while I was you do. browsing, I saw that they had um, the Persona Five dancing game. Oh yeah. Yeah, did, we talked about which this. I did talk about on yeah, the podcast you last did. But time. But you hadn't played much of it at that point. No, no, and I, I, I platinumed it. I oh really, my. really, really, well, really Matt Boyle it. does like a rhythm game. I do, and I, you know, I as I mentioned on the last podcast, I think they're very good at saying, "Hey, you, if you aren't very good at rhythm games, you can still beat this entire game on mm. easy." But mode. do you consider yourself not to be good at rhythm games? I'm just, I just have no rhythm. Really? Like, but I, you do like you were playing that one on your phone. Yeah, I, but I, I mean, the thing is, right? That's easy enough because that's just hitting stuff. Mm. And to be honest with you, at a certain difficulty, you're very good at hitting stuff on that game. Yeah, I'm very good at hitting <laughs> stuff. That's why I like hammering Harry and them hammers. But it, I'm I'm not great at timing. I tend to overthink things, which is weird. Uh, that, I can know, sing. Don't think, feel. Yes, exactly. As Bruce Lee might say. Yes, but unfortunately, I am not uh, Bruce Lee, okay. uh, which would be nice. Could have fooled me. No, I can't do anything uh, kung fu related. So, mm, so maybe you need to learn not to concentrate on the the finger. Well, yes. But the moon. But the moon, yes. But unfortunately, I'm not very I'm very capable of doing that. <laughs> so I, I played that to death. Uh, I got the platinum in it. I highly recommend that game. As I said in the last podcast, I do have the third Persona one as well. But to be honest with you, I don't feel that connection of those characters. So uh, yes. probably not going to play through that one. Um, I beat the Dead or Alive 6 story, which I thought was hey. all right. I beat the Dead or Alive 5 story, which I thought was all right. Yeah. Did it's you not do very, that? I did not, because you told me it was very long, and then I looked up on the internet, and apparently it's like three hours, and I was like, wow. Okay. I sat there for like over two hours okay. and played, and I didn't like the first quarter of it. No, I, I didn't I, really and then, and then I came back to it and finished it off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought Dead or Alive 6 was pretty good. Did you, did you know, like, Kasumi, like, there was another Kasumi. There were, like, two Kasumis. Yes. And there was, like, a real Kasumi and, like, a fake Kasumi. Because yes. they go and kill that fake Kasumi yes. near the end, which you've been playing as throughout the game. Yes. And the real one comes back. Yes. Whoa! Also, those fake Kasumis are in 6. Yeah. And they don't really do a lot. Um, they the Kasumi feels very... She's a side note in that whole story because I think they're trying to wrap so much up. There's the there's still the threat of uh, the villain. Yes. Which I forget the name of. I can't remember his bloody name. Yeah, either. yeah. Who's been doing naughty things within uh, DOA tech yes. or DOA tech or whatever yes. they call it. And okay. so there's lots of things going on with um, that stuff. Um, there's loads of things with the DOA tournament, obviously. And then there's lots they do of another tournament, obviously. Yeah. yeah, they do that in the story mode for five. You yes. play the tournament when Jan Lee wins, mm-hmm. and then it focuses on the other side, the story side yeah. of it. But the rest of the game. I can't remember when playing five. Six has very like branching paths, and so it um, you kind of you play certain bits and you learn certain things, and then you go oh. back in time because you do you, that in yeah. five. Yeah, certain bits of story take place different times it's not a very good way of telling no. a story for me it's kind no. of a bit annoying no 
it's a bit of a shame. But uh, all in all, I enjoyed it. I really like that game. I actually <laughs> kept it out of the library, and I've just been playing around with the training modes when I get five minutes. Yeah, I think uh, with the cutscenes in the Dead or Alive story modes, it's particularly uh, watchable. Um, yes. Whereas some fighting games have the more static visual novel type yes. stories, and I can't do with them personally. I've no. been trying to play through the Libra of Soul mode on Soul Calibur, but yeah. it's all text. Uh, okay. And some of it just doesn't really feel like it adds anything to the story. That's so that is a shame. And then even the story, the actual story mode on um, Soul Calibur 6 is also told through visual novel. Uh, means I mean, whereas Dead or Alive it feels yeah. so cinematic you actually want to watch the cutscenes because the characters move and yes. you kind of feel what's going on a lot better than you would with the other way yeah it was also I is Tekken like that has Tekken got actual cutscenes or is Tekken Tekken's got actual cutscenes oh, I need Tekken's, to Tekken yeah the Tekken 7 story was very good I, I thought well Tekken. I say it's a very good story I mean I play through it all. It's very entertaining, is what you mean. It's not very a good story. Well, it's also uh, the one, uh, from the point of view of a reporter who's okay. been affected directly from the actions of uh, Heihachi and the Machina yeah. Corporation. Okay. And uh, you learn a bit more about what's going on behind the scenes with that. Yeah, it's it's similar to Dead or Alive in the fact it's a more cinematic story okay. mode. I also got uh, Mortal Kombat XL. Oh, and now out that of the is library. maybe even the, the pinnacle <sighs> of uh, story mode. So the story mode, I have to admit, is very good. And like all of the stuff with the starting and opening, and I was playing it, and Marta was just like, oh my God, this is Mortal Kombat? Like, what the fuck? Because hmm. uh, I think she'd played the old. That's ones a series on the that has evolved so yeah, much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, we talked about this. We talked Evolve about nine. Than any other fighting franchise. Yeah. yeah. We talked about nine way, way back on the start of the podcast. I remember you playing that and it being very cinematic with all the story mode. And Wasn't like, that X? Ten? No, you know, nine. you played nine on. Yeah, you have the PS3 oh, wow. game. Oh, that Tom, one. this podcast has been that, going on a while. That was the first time they did that seamless uh, from cutscene to yes. the gameplay. Yeah. Yes. And so I remember you playing that. Which was just called Mortal Kombat, by the way. Yeah, and I it spat was. across the table. It's Sorry okay. About that. Don't stress, Tom. <laughs> they can't see it. Just pretend it didn't happen. You'll all be fine. No, so I, I played it and I was like, oh my God, wow, this is really crazy. And this story seems really good. However, I realized while I was playing the game, I absolutely have no muscle memory for Mortal Kombat. And like in, the, I never really played the original Mortal Kombat games in no. the way I did Street Fighter. No, I'm and not very good at Mortal Kombat either. I've never played Mortal Kombat very well, and even on the easy mode, I was getting beaten quite ah, a lot. Ah, okay. And because I didn't finish the story on any of these either, but I did appreciate the how much they put into the the cutscenes yeah. and how they made it seamless. And I, I, to be honest with you, I took it back to the library today because even though I liked playing it, even though I thought the the story was pretty entertaining, yeah. I, I have no connection to these characters. We all so. rest on the gameplay. If the gameplay is not something that's to your taste, then you aren't going to sit through it, even if the story's like really good, are you? No, exactly. And that was my, <laughs> my feeling. was just like, well, I could literally just watch these cutscenes and that's I would right. get the same out of this yeah. than but I Dead would play Dead or Alive is a bit different because I guess you, you feel more um, attuned with that gameplay. I think so. I also just like it I, is pretty straightforward. I like the the changes they've done to it, like the R one like counters I and really stuff. Need I think to they're play six really cool. Properly, and that was why the incentive yeah. for me playing through five story mode was so I could play six, and then I come over here and do it on my Xbox with me. Wow! <laughs> so I'm gonna have to wait a little while. But uh, I I think it's pretty good. Um, I 
I recommend Six. To be honest with you, I may even pick it up myself because mm. I quite mm. enjoy playing it. The least imaginative cover, though, that game. Oh, yeah, but it's I mean, like, of Fives was also just a picture of Kasumi. Well, last Hitomi. round was, yeah. but the ones prior to that Oh, yeah, there was, like, flaming background and all the characters, yeah, like... the original draw. release of yeah. Five had a nice cover. Even yes, the did. ultimate release of Five was pretty good. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, they're just pictures of Kasumi. Yeah. Yeah. So it goes. Um, yeah, so other than that... I, I well actually I played one more game, but I'll pass it over to you, Tom Parry, because oh, you right, have okay. an extensive list. I've got to remind myself that I mean the most recent thing I've played has been Team Sonic Racing, which yeah. I got on the Switch, which I'm enjoying. Yeah. It looks well, good. It is good and I find the team mechanic to feel fresh and give you something else to do while you're racing, you know, it gives you something else to think about other than just crossing the finish line in first place. Yeah. Which, Definitely adds to the experience, in my opinion. But if that's not something you want to be bothered with and you just want a straightforward kart racer, then jump into the uh, Grand Prix mode and you yeah. can play that with a single racer as well. But I do think you should give the uh, team mechanic a go. I mean, that's the whole swing of the game, right? It that's is. what makes it different. It is really. It makes it feel fresh. Um, you work as a team of three. Yes. And you can help each other out by giving each other items. You can also get boosts from other players' slipstreams. Yeah. They call it slingshot. So if you stay in a slipstream for long enough, then you can slingshot out of it and get an extra boost. Okay, so like when the slipstreams are like the when they are riding, it's kind of like the the tailwind the, from them. That's right. The trail that they leave behind them. If you sit in that for as long as, long as you can, build up your boost. If you stay in there for a certain amount of time, you can get a nice boost into the front. Yeah. Yeah. So teams of three. Teams Sonic. Of three. Sonic's knuckles and tails form the main team and if you're playing through the game story mode you'll play as them to begin with and as you go through you unlock more teams there's a team that's headed up by amy which uh, is amy a bunch of chows driving a cart oh really and uh, big the cat okay and then there are other teams are robotnik shadow i think shadows with eggman sorry robotnik eggman yeah. whatever you want to call him and then you've got oh, omega the robot Okay. I can't tell if these are actually the exact teams. No, Rouge the Bat, then. It's Rouge. No, Rouge is, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, she is. In fact, if you were to name any of the most recent key Sonic characters, they're probably in there. Yeah. Uh, but Mighty the Armadillo isn't, who is oh. recent Sonic Mania. And uh, what's his name? Raider Squirrel isn't. No. The only member of Chaotix crew in it is Vector, the crocodile. Okay. Otherwise, actually, it's actually just a good uh, overview of... It's got Silver and Blaze the Cat and... If you're familiar with those characters, Silver's from the Sonic 06 game. Uh, yes. Uh, a character I know nothing about because I refuse to play <laughs> that game because what I've played of it has been absolutely terrible. As many um, will attest to. But the question I have to yeah. ask you, Tom, then, I, I, these teams sound pretty promising. Is it a fan Yeah, it's got a good overview of characters from the Sonic series. But teams of three, Tom, That's right. Sonic makes me think of Sonic Heroes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but they didn't go with the Chaotix crew thing and that. No. Interesting. I forget which vec team Vector's with. Who, which of these two games do you prefer, Tom Parry? Sonic Heroes or Sonic Racing? Well, Sonic Heroes was a bit flawed in places. It uh, suffered from the same problems as the other 3D Sonic games. Sometimes you're just going too fast to yeah. actually keep control of the characters without them falling off the levels. But 
Would you yeah. would you say that's the same here, Tom? Because you're Sonic in 3D in a car going no. really fast. No, because you stick to the track, <laughs> basically. And you don't find yourself falling off the track very often. It's your own fault if you do. Okay. The game's very well designed. I mean, I'd expect no less from Sumo Digital, who handled the last few Sonic Racing games. Yes. That would be Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. And Sonic Racing Transformers. That's right. So it's actually, I think the most disappointing thing about this game is the fact that it's all Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> I like Sonic, I'm a fan. But the thing was about the last few games, there was so much in there, so much variety in the tracks because yeah. you had tracks based off multiple Sega franchises. Like you even had stuff based off or Afterburner or Golden Axe. Yes. And they made for really creative tracks, basically. You had all the Sonic stuff yeah. and more. I mean, you know, who doesn't want to race as uh, Danica Patrick also? <laughs> that, there was that, yeah. But also you had Skies of Arcadia represented in yes. the other ones. And I just thought it gave a lot more variety to the game because I've played a little of uh, Team Sonic Racing now and a lot of the tracks are based upon Sonic Lost World or Sonic yeah. Colors or the later Sonic games. Yes. In fact... There's not really been anything that is based on Old classic Sonic. Sonic I guess they've actually. I guess they've done that so much. That yeah, they they've are... done. They've got Sonic Heroes tracks in there. Okay. Because they were in some of the older Sonic and Sega yeah. All Stars Racing games. So that's not. A, it's not terrible by any means. It's right. just I miss the variety that the other games offer. As the third game in this series, and I mm. mean the the, the cars it's don't. Sort transform, of the beginning right? of a new series, isn't the it? The cars don't transform. They are. No, you say the car, but you can customize your cars okay. and add uh, things like spoilers and such. Yeah. Hopefully, no spoilers, Tom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the racing game. It's uh, all right. The the overall thing of like this racing game. Do they do the Mario Kart thing? In which case, there are like classic established Sonic racing tracks that they yeah. redo in slightly different ways. Do yeah, they do that? The tracks. The Sonic tracks from the old Sega and All Stars racing games yes. have been re jigged and brought back again or even the same I, i'm trying to remember it's been a while since i played the other ones yeah. but they could be the same if not very similar is there like a rainbow road equivalent for example i don't think it ever had an equivalent the no. rainbow road type track uh there was always like a death egg track which yeah. i haven't seen yet okay in the game but the classic beginning track would be the whale bay one is yeah. it or something like that I don't know. I haven't played. You never played the other ones. No. Okay. That looks very traditional. Sonic. That track doesn't. It's featured uh, since the original All yeah. Stars. Okay. Racing. So it's like the first track on Mushroom Cup that I can't uh, bloody remember the name of in Mario, Mario Kart. Circuit. Yeah, I think it's just Mario Circuit, right? Yeah, okay. So, uh, it's a great game. I really recommend it. If you like the others in the series, you're definitely going to enjoy this. Although you might just miss having that. Sega variety in there. I didn't know it had come out until I saw you playing it, to be honest, so I might pick wow. it up. Wow, it's come out in all formats. Yes. That's PS4, Xbox, and Switch. Uh, the Switch one runs at 30 frames per second, which has bothered some people. I think when you actually play the game, you realise it's not an issue whatsoever. No, it looked and fine. It's, it's incredibly playable, and visually, it's on par. Well, Visually, it looks stunning when I was looking well, at your shoulder. Well, that's it, isn't it? It's like... Maybe when you select the cars, they take a second longer to oh, load up cares. than they do on the Xbox. Uh, load times are actually very similar between games. Yeah. Uh, watch Digital Foundry's video oh, or comparing okay. them. Uh, and if you want to do that, feel free. But uh, I, I can say from my experience that if you're a Switch owner, you want to play this game on the go, then I'd probably recommend buying the, the Switch version. I might pick it up. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I will have a look into it. I mean... 
Judgment is out this month, and so yeah. that's my... Depends if you're in the mood for a, a racing game, and I find it's a good pick-up and play for the bus, actually. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, because I never got Mario Kart 8 for the Switch. No, me because neither. I, I, I had it on the Wii U, and I wasn't going to buy it again, even if they're offering all the download content I'd already bought for the Wii U version well, as I mean, well. Well, I mean, it's fair. Yeah, it, I don't know why it's kind of irate about all these Switch re-release of Wii U games. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I've still not played Crafted World at all. No, neither have I. I don't actually feel like I'm that bothered. I, To be honest, I... I, I picked it up just purely as a multiplayer experience because me and the wife enjoyed yeah. the first one. But I need to actually sit down and we need to start that game. I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it is. Uh, the demo was good. I felt it was actually a little bit more down in age than the last Woolly World. This is what I heard, yeah. Yeah, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But Wally World was pretty good, and I didn't yeah. think that this topped Wally World. It no. added some new things in it. You yeah. know, the idea that you're firing eggs into the background and foreground yes. was pretty cool, more 3D aesthetic to it. But it didn't make me want to buy it, and neither did the Mario Tennis Aces make me want to buy that, especially when I played the demo that was available yeah, you said. Uh, a few weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. I just felt like it wasn't like a must-have game. That's a shame. Well, it's just me. Yep. Speaking of must-have games, Tom Parry, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, I played mm-hmm. I played a pretty good game that I heard was pretty good, but alas, I, I'm only just now starting it. That God of War, Tom Parry, that God oh, of I War is pretty all right. God of War, and uh, that's been again so on my list for a while. Me too. I mean, like I still haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn, um, but I I was like, okay, I will give this God of War a try. Yeah, what kind of game is God of War for the PlayStation 4? So, the God of War for the PlayStation 4 (laughs) 4, um, is uh, an action game, believe it or not. You play play as a character, right? Called the cookery game. Kratos. Anything that sounds familiar, Is it similar to that old game on PS2 Um, called God of War? Yes, yes, it is. Uh, You bash (laughs) things and they they die. But it's uh, over the shoulder now, isn't it? It is, yes. Perspective. To be honest with you, I've never played the first three God of War games, so I did not know what to expect. Wow, there you go. Bombshell, Um, Matt's never played God of War before. I know, I own all three of them, I just never played them. Um, It's a surprise, I thought you would have at least given them a go. No, I I wanted to, and to be honest with you, I I was thinking about getting the God of War HD collection out of the library, Um, but I I played Okami HD and I, I didn't think that game had aged very well, so it made me think about playing the original God of Wars before I played this one. I'll get into that in a minute. Um, but God of War, um, yeah, believe the hype. It seems like a pretty good game. Um, the pretty thing, good game. The thing that's keeping me going more so than the gameplay itself, I have to admit, like you can press R1 to swing um, your axe you have now instead of the glaives. It's got a cool four from uh, the Marvel Universe mechanic and you throw your axe... Oh, it comes back to you. And it comes back to you. And is the most satisfying thing I've done in a game I, for a I, long I can, time. Uh, There's lots of... You quickly tap L1, and then you tap R1 to throw it, and then you press triangle to bring it back. Wow, that so, sounds complicated. Oh, it's really intuitive. Okay. You get into a swing of being able to throw your axe and call it back. Mm, and and you feel swing. very cool as you just nonchalantly you, yeah, uh, grab you do. it. And that's... It's just... There's a beauty to... Yeah how fast-paced the combat feels because of that. is Kratos a cool character? Kratos is a very grumpy dad, (laughs) and his son Atreus, um, the the game starts 
slight spoilers for a year it old is game. is it a lot older than a year i think probably, it's like two years it came, old yeah my brother-in-law was playing it yeah. before i got married so yes yeah, yeah. no it's a year it came out last year is it one really of, yeah, it, it feels did. like yeah, it's yeah. older than that anyway anyways yeah. uh it came out and you so you start the game by like you're in the forest with atreus and it's kind of teaching you the main things and it turns out that your wife has died atreus's mother spoiler i know i said spoiler for a year old yeah. game and then essentially what you do is you're you're going to take her ashes to the top of a mountain and it's about your journey mm-hmm. getting there and from the sides of things kratos as you imagine not a very affectionate father and his son doesn't really feel that you're love. playing the same kratos that appeared in the early you God are of War indeed games. playing so he's kind of settled down yes. had a kid um grown a beard grown a beard lives in a, a log cabin in what is presumably norway and yeah. so he didn't fancy sticking around in greece well i mean you know people know him there don't they he's a bit of a big uh, deal he's so retiring he's yeah. retired Quiet away life. And they bring him out of retirement. They well, he's kind of forced out of retirement. Yeah. To be honest with you, um, does he still not wear a shirt? He doesn't. He doesn't. But he's kind of got like pauldrons. And okay. You can, you can actually yeah. get different armor and equip him say, with different things. It's well, customized ability. Live in Norway. Yes, it is. Cold, isn't it? He's a fucking hard bastard, though, isn't he? <laughs> he doesn't care about no cold, Tom. He doesn't care if you can see his nipples. He'll bite your face <laughs> off. Um, yeah, there's loads of customizability in it. Actually, you can. When you're going through the world, you explore and you get gold and silver and stuff to upgrade your armor. Mm. Which, to be honest with you, the exploration of it feels a bit off. Like it doesn't. Oh. I, I mean, I don't don't get me wrong. It's still a it's a video ass game. It's a What's video that? game ass video game is what I wanted to say. What it, did you just say? A video game ass video game. Like an ass. The, yeah, it is the most like. Paint by numbers video game in its exploration as you can be. It's just like, oh, there's a load of pots over there. I guess I should go smash those pots because oh, yeah. the pots are loud. Yeah. Very satisfying. And the game is so realistic, and the story and the interactions between Atreus and Kratos are so yeah. engaging. Is that at odds with the actual game? That fight? it kind of feels a bit. Of, no, not necessarily. The fights and stuff are okay. It's just like the game expects you to go around and explore a little bit because there's customization yeah, stuff that you yeah. need to be aware of. And it just feels a bit odd. I don't know why. Like, in this game in particular, it feels like a very PS2 thing. But this game feels like it's moved so far past that. Mm. Now, that visually, gone. Visually is probably one of the best-looking games I, I've ever I've seen. I've heard this. Now, would you put it up against Red Dead? In terms of no, is that and that's the still? thing. Red Dead is a is a level of polish that I've never seen in a video game. As no. much as I as much as I feel, but very... a team that probably nearly killed themselves making that. Yes, game. they did, um, and I'm sure it may have been a similar situation some over weird at Santa shit Monica in Santa Monica Studios' God of War, though, because there's like there's a bit of the start right where you're getting trees for the funeral pyre. And literally, like, Kratos picks up... Does this... it start off with him chopping a tree down? Yes. I've seen the beginning yes. of the game. So he picks up this log and he puts mm. it over his shoulder. And it's showing, like, as he's walking, there's a branch that's, like, hanging off. And instead of, like, falling off in a really realistic way, it's if it just goes, whoop. Oh, okay. And then, like, a few other branches, like, as he's swinging And that stands around. out because it looks so real. Yes. Yeah. In a weird kind of, like, oh, this almost feels like a PS3 game kind of way. Wow. But other than that, like Kratos himself and the textures on him, and like the facial animations of Atreus, mm. I imagine look even sharper on a PS4 Pro. 
but they look really good. Like it, it's got some moments in it. The regular PS4 is no slouch, is it? Really? No, it isn't. <laughs> but like, I imagine some of the lighting and stuff. Yeah. Well, they've had, they've added that in, haven't they? Yes. They've had the ability to upscale it. They to do that, some things know, what with you like. Call that. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it's just they're like remastering the Ghostbusters game. I imagine they're doing something PS4 Pro with that. Probably, yeah. But the the way some of the vistas and things look, and some of the views, you're just like Shit. HDR. I imagine in 4K, this mm. looks amazing. Have you got a 4K telly? No, I don't. And that's what you need, though, isn't it? If you want to go the, go yeah, the way yeah. of. But it, I imagine there's some beautiful views in that game that probably, if you have a 4K tally and a PS4 Pro, it probably looks I amazing. I think at this point, I wouldn't upgrade to a Pro. I'd probably wait. Because if what Sony say is true, that it's going to be backwards compatible. If they make a Death Stranding one, I'm still going to get one. Yeah? Yeah. A Death Stranding what, console? Yeah. If they oh. do a Death Stranding console, Pro. I'm going to upgrade. I was going to get the Kingdom Hearts one. Right. Like, even before all this news of backwards compatibility came out. Because my PS4 is dying, as you know. Like, mm. it sounds like a jet engine mm. and the eject button doesn't work. Oh, so, yeah. It's a different situation. Yes, me. exactly. It isn't like yeah. I'm like, oh, I should just upgrade for the sake of it. I'm I'm yeah. genuinely think my console's on its last legs and I'd like to buy another Well, one you've had yours since release. So. I have got a launch yeah. PS4 and I've played it to death. Mine could be a launch PS4. I don't know if it's second end. Yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. It's still working fine. Yeah. Um, But all in all, quite enjoying it. Um, I don't know if I will complete it, I have to be honest. Okay, it's not got you that much. It's, it's, not 30, grabbed yeah, it's you like a 30-hour game. And to be honest with you, that seems like a lot. It sounds like I just shouldn't buy it. No. <laughs> I would recommend... Try To be honest with you, if you can pick it up for cheap, I think it's a good yeah. game. Yeah, you get even you get the value out of it if you get it yeah. cheap enough, couldn't you? You play oh, it for absolutely. a good few hours. To be honest with you, just even like the axe throwing and all the yeah. rest of it, I was taking stuff back to the library today before I go on my jollies, and I was like... I probably need to return this like the week after I come back. But I was like, oh, maybe I'll buy this, actually. Maybe I'll pick this game up. Well, it's one of those games which I think a lot of people would consider a must-buy game for PS4. I think so, but to be honest with you, I don't know if I would go that far. Okay. Uh, what would you say is a must-buy game for PS4? <sighs> Christ, Tom Harry, Me- Metal Gear 5. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I've got that. Yeah, you do. Shall um, I play it? You should. More. You should probably I, give I've it a go. played it and really liked it. Why I stopped, I don't know. I love that game. Because I got past the prologue games. and I was so blown away by it. And then it, I guess then it turned into more Metal Gear. <sighs> and I was thinking, oh, I don't know if I am the biggest fan of the gameplay Metal Gear. Oh, man. I, I know, but I really should try it again. I love that game. Honestly, that game. I was like thinking when you had the horse... And I was thinking, it's so cinematic. And I was taking screenshots yeah. of it and going, wow. And then, yeah, I guess something else came along. <laughs> that game is honestly like, yes, there are some bits where you are being Metal Gear and it's like, oh, I'm not the best at stealth in a game like this. Yeah. And that game can be picked up for tuppence. Oh, Sorry. I, yeah, it can. I actually got to, I realized I was unpacking some boxes up there. I've got a sealed copy of Metal Gear for the Metal Gear 5 for the PS3. Why? Because I bought it for like 10 kroner. I was in Furtex one day and they just had like PS3 mm. copies for 10 kroner. I was like, go on then. In so for a penny, in for a pound. That. So I'm keeping all of that. And yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I love that game. I think that game is incredible. Okay. That is that the best game on PS4, man? <sighs> no, I, see, the thing is, right, it's a, well, I yeah. loved that game because I thought it did open world in a way that other games hadn't and then Breath of the Wild came along. Yeah, and so as much as I love that game, I'm very, 
I want to see Death Stranding. Well, this leads us on to Death Stranding, oh, doesn't it? Man, I... that fucking trailer looks incredible. <laughs> now we can just uh, talk about it. Yeah, it... I haven't seen a trailer like that within video games for a long time. Oh, since Metal Gear 5. <laughs> There's nothing that felt that as original, I think, or as compelling or as interesting as that trailer. The amount of stuff that was jam-packed into that trailer, the amount of visual things and musically how it all came together oh, man, as a trailer. Song. It, it was the kind of thing, I want to play that game. I, I, I'm thinking of taking a day off work to play that game. Looks that fucking good. We're reading about what you actually do in the game. Yes. Do you want to explain? Well, yeah. So I, I read a Verge article. We yeah. were talking about this. Uh, we'd also read the... Kojima made the a Kojima statement. The Kojima statement that was on... With, with to accompany the trailer, which showed the gameplay. Yes, it did. Yeah. And I need to be quickly Googling to get these things back up because, alas, I've got Sonic Heroes open on my... Sonic <laughs> Heroes. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so there's there's been a trailer released of this game. And a few people have been saying, what on earth is that trailer all about? Which I don't get. Cause Which I, I think... didn't get either, because I think at least in part you can get an idea of what the game's about from just watching the trailer. I mean, if you read the, the supporting uh, write-ups about it, yes, then you get even more of an idea of the kind of game that we'll be playing when it comes out in November. November 8th, yeah. I believe. Um, so Hideo Kojima was on that old uh, Instagrams and he posted the following statement up alongside it as a kind of, I guess, a press release, but also a, a way of him explaining his vision, his vision of mm. uh, Death Stranding. And it says, uh, people have built walls and become accustomed to living in isolation. Death Stranding is a completely new type of action game where the player's goal is to reconnect isolated cities and fragmented societies. All elements, including the story and gameplay, are bound together by the same theme of strand or connection. A sample of Bridges, which is played by Norman Reedus, uh, you will attempt to bridge these divisions and in huh. doing so create new bonds or strands with other players around the globe. Through your experience of playing the game, I hope you'll come to understand the true importance of forging connections with others. Now, please enjoy the latest Death Stranding trailer. So it sounds like, and after reading a little article on The Verge, which is saying, hey, this is what you'll be doing, is that you'll be playing as Norman Reedus in this uh, futuristic dystopian version of the United States of America, and your job is to get around and deliver packages uh, to mm. other parts of the world, which is shown before in last year's E3 trailer. Mm. And so it's all about connecting with things, but the the Verge article says that there is a lot of the same kind of multiplayer. It's got a term for it that I can't bloody remember that you've seen the Dark Souls games. Yeah, is that you're know. not like playing co-op, but the way you are exploring the world, you'll be able to leave messages and things for the, the other players. Asynchronous is the mm, word I was okay. looking for. Right. Asynchronous multiplayer. Not so real time. Not real time, yeah. but you'll be able to interact. I wonder, actually, reading that statement after reading the Verge article, if there'll be anything like Journey. I wonder if Kojima saw uh, Journey and was like, okay, that's a quite impactful yeah. that you can do certain quite things possibly. at certain moments. I saw influences in the trailer from other games. For example, Breath of the Wild oh, sprung to mind, yeah. seeing the large open world that was 
that you could really explore. Yes. And you have to think about how you'd get across this open world, and that's a big part of the gameplay by the sounds the of it. The possibility space, the idea yeah. of just being able to, like, go, hey, I want to go up there and cracking out a ladder. Mm. Same way you do in Breath of the Wild. Like, I wonder yeah. if Kojima saw Breath of the Wild and was like, fuck, that's I think Breath of the Wild this. was a game changer yeah. in a way for the industry to yes. look at and think oh that's really good Nintendo really did something special with that game and I think you know like seeing Metal Gear 5 like I said which for me which was an open world game as well was the best open world game I'd experienced and there was there was so many like Kojima aspects of mm. possibility space of like you being able to like Fulton horses and stuff into the air and do all these weird things where because it's a Metal Gear game, of course, if you shoot certain things, they explode and they do different things. But the world obeyed the rules of the world that you as a player understand. Mm. And it's so realistic in that regard that I think Breath of the Wild maybe even took some stuff from Metal Gear 5. Mm. And so I, I just love this idea that then Metal Gear 5 existed, that inspired Breath of the Wild, and then Breath of the Wild... Exp- ex- the experience of Breath of the Wild influences Death Stranding. Yeah. I I would just love that to continue. I just mm. like I wonder if Nintendo will try and up Death Stranding. That's it. In a that's, couple of years. that's how you can have a healthy video game industry where For people sure. are pushing the boundaries and Kojima's again pushing uh, this game into new territory. And yes. he's I think one of the few uh, the visionary developers who actually does this. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it, obviously he works within as part of the within big teams. Yeah, I'm going to say but... within this sort of big budget game. Yeah, because there's lots of developers that are pushing the boundaries of gaming and creating very fresh experiences. But this is mostly in the indie scene, and I think what had been happening in in the mainstream blockbuster game scene is you weren't getting that innovation so much, no. and it was beginning to feel a little bit stale. We would have the same sort of experiences recycled, and hey. how much of this can we necessarily take? I, I put out a statement a couple of weeks ago on Twitter. It was like, okay, I'm done with yeah. modern games. Yeah, like I, I... I covered this actually on the radio show. I did uh, Games Mania uh, yeah. a few weeks ago about my concerns with this area of the games yeah. industry. But it's, it's just so cool. Maybe it's because there aren't as many auteurs working within this area, perhaps. I just think... Like, Kojima is an author. I mean, he even edited this trailer himself. He did, yeah. Uh, And it was a very well-edited trailer, I I, I I thought. I think the thing is, right, there's so many people working on video games now. They're so expensive to produce something of this standard. Yeah. I think people are afraid to take risks. I mean, it's the same with films. It's the same with everything. Like, so much budget goes into making something now... That you you can't really have just like a silly splatterhouse film. It's got to be, it's got to be Marvel level. You know, it's got to be up there with mm. the latest Star Wars in terms of special effects. Because otherwise, people can't suspend their disbelief anymore, which I think is sad. Yeah, but because there's always room for that. As yeah, well. of course there is, and yeah. there should be. Like, I mean, you just showed me that before we podcasted while we were waiting for the the podcast machine to sort itself out. Show me the Dark Crystal mm. trailer, and. To me, like, I love the original Dark Crystal. I can't remember as much about it as I can Labyrinth just because I've seen Labyrinth so many more times. But it just looks beautiful. And, like, there are bits in that trailer that are clearly CG. And they kind of stand out. I think so. I felt the bit with the crystal going down felt CG. 
But then, like, the puppets just feel so alive in contrast yeah. to There's some of There's got to things. be some CG going on the new Dark Crystal. I think that bit was CG, because it stood out for me as very different. But to me, it didn't stand out. I had the opposite feeling. I thought everything was blended so well, I wasn't sure if any of it was CG. I think that bit might be, but that's just yeah, my okay. opinion. But it's a different discipline uh, they're creating the new Dark Crystal in. It's this practical idea, well, as you say, yeah. mo- for the most part, at least. But I imagine that's yeah. probably like just as expensive to do now. You know I what I mean? Like where you uh, need to get props to that level, and you need to film in 4K and all the rest of it. Like I think it's been very expensive. Yeah, it probably is, and that's just that's sad to me that we can't. You know, like even even something so pure and beautiful as Dark Crystal. Yes, it looks incredible, but like it needs to be at that level now of like oh okay cinematic. Yeah. When you think about the original Dark Crystal. It was on another level at the time. There'd never been a film that made entirely with puppets in that way. But it, you know, like it needs to. You said, like, this is just a TV show. Yeah, it is. But then again, that's where Netflix. Yeah, but it needs to be on the level of a film now because otherwise. We've all seen Game of Thrones, haven't we? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And how cinematic that is. Yeah, but you know, like, I, I feel. I've been watching Billions recently, which is completely off-topic of video games. But like that show is just so gripping in its story and the way it's acted mm. that it doesn't like. Obviously, it's not a bombastic story. It's about a guy who's a tech entrepreneur, and he well, he's not even a tech entrepreneur. He's like an investor capitalist yeah. guy and a lawyer trying to take him down. Yeah. But the acting and the storytelling yeah. is so great. And it's just set in a real world. Well, yeah, there's plenty of things like that. You don't have to have ever seen a massive uh, CG inhabited uh, fantasy world, do you? Yeah, but I I just, I feel you invest so much more in it when it is. And I think... We're getting used to it, I suppose. Yeah, I guess we are. We're almost spoiled. You know what I mean? Like, I imagine what... Can you imagine like what people in the time of Shakespeare would think of stuff like this when they used to just watch a man pretend to be a woman and go, wow, this is a really yeah. compelling love story. And then you, you see aliens yeah. and CGI worlds. They need to step back sometimes and just realise how good we got it with movies, at least on a sort of spectacle level. I mean, not all of them can unfortunately be uh, great stories. No, of course not. But... Uh, which, you know, I think they should be. I think that should be the main priority to yes. make a great story and then the visuals accompany that. But, well, I mean, no yeah. one sets out to make a bad story, do they? It's just No, no. Or they just want a load of money and haven't yeah. really got anything to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, Star Wars. Well, uh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. But uh, it is what it is, right? God, that was a long tangent. I can't uh, it was, Death but it, it shows how cinematic Death Stranding was. You know, this is a <sighs> video game trailer. Yes, but it was cinematic and innovative and the design, the ideas, it, not only in s- gameplay, but in yeah. story and the themes. I don't know. There's a lot going on in that trailer. There is. I mean, to appreciate. it's not only showing you like the usual Kojima style, like, hey, this is, this is weird. This has got random bits of things in it. Yeah. But, but this feels fresh. It does. As well. Yeah. It also shows you lots of gameplay, which I was quite surprised at. Mm, mm. And... In particular, nice combat and loads of other things. And the Death Stranding website, uh, it says, so says the Verge article, has a lot of updates. And it's saying that you shouldn't really kill people in this game. And mm. that every death has a, 
a consequence and a price to it, and I wonder how that'll play into game. And then this and other world that you see in the trailer, yeah, it looks like a, a World War One, World yeah, Two, it I does. Don't know, situation, and you're going through trenches and such. Yeah. Is it this the land of the the dead? The dead, probably. I would imagine that you, so. You end up in if you die. Yeah, yeah. I assume so. You have to fight your way out of there to get back to the living. Mm-hmm. So. And it's literally having It's kind of showing what humanity has done to itself through war. Yes. And that's how we've ended, how the characters in the game and the world, that's ended up as it is, because of these wars. Yeah. And you have to fight your way through them to get back to the other. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. nice, you oh. know. And the more you think about it, the more you see probably what Gene is trying to say with Death Stranding. And the fact that he's trying to say something at all yes. makes this video game stand out um, among the rest. And it, it, it is why I... I play video games for mm. stuff like this. Like, I, there are two people within Japanese video games. I think I will play anything by them now because of what how I felt about their previous games, mm. and that is Hideo Kojima and Yoko Taro. Like, remind me, Yokotaro. Um, Nia. Nia, okay. Like right, yeah. after after playing Nier Automata, even playing the first Nier, yeah. like anything Yokotaro puts out, I yeah. will be there yeah i mean uh, to a lesser extent oh god i've forgotten his bloody name is takashi uh, the guy who made um katamari yeah i was, I was saying about earlier. on the bus I, but you'll also play anything that's uh yakuza as well <laughs> i i mean yes but like that's just because i really like that world yeah. um uh keita takashi is the mm. guy's name who made yeah. um Katamari. I I play the Yakuza games. I just love that world, and I I think it's very fun and very silly. Like yeah. that isn't so much the work of the game's producer, though, which his name is. I think we're talking about games creators that have influenced the industry in a big way. I mean, Katamari was very influential. I mean, you've seen it in Donut County, yeah, haven't we as well? But I I, I mean like. Keita Takashi, I think if you look at some of his artwork even, mm. there's just a fun vibrance and innocence to it. And yeah. I admittedly... like well, it's I, very Japanese. I didn't yeah. play Nobi Nobi Boy, and I haven't played a lot of his in-between games just because at the time Nobi Nobi Boy was a thing, I didn't really have a PS3. Mm, I had it. I can't say it grabbed me. I no. have to say interested me enough to purchased it because it was i always like to try something a bit different yeah but i just i also like his artwork he did yeah. um he did a show last year around i think it was around gdc and just looking at some of his artwork that was there it just looks so beautiful there's an innocence and a mm, wonderful mm, use of color in his stuff mm, that i'm mm. like actually i will give anything he makes uh, a go like yeah. this game wantom that he's making in the moment apparently it's got quite negative reviews so far from like testing stuff. But alas. Well, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You can get yeah. visionaries who don't deliver in one area sometimes. And unfortunately, yeah. sometimes it's gameplay for a video game. Well, I mean, that's how it is, right? <laughs> but the intention's there to deliver something unique. Yeah. It just might not be working as well as they had hoped. Yeah, that's how it goes, yeah. right? Yeah, but I, I wish that there were more people who had more to say within that space. Yeah. And it's just a, a hodgepodge of stuff for me. Like I want 
I want it to be a compelling game. I want it to be on that level where it feels like something new and innovative. Mm. I want it to say something. You don't want a lot. I, oh, this is the thing. <laughs> but this is where I think we are, is that a, a lot of, of games are so formulaic now. They are Well, like, we have played the same thing over and over again, haven't yeah, we? How many times have we played Ridge Racer? I don't know. <laughs> you speaking for yourself or me? Probably about five for me. But, you know... I. I love games when they're being weird. And at my Japanese lesson today, I was reminded of a game by game called Fish Dude, which is kind of like Feeding Frenzy. And all you do in Fish Dude is you are a small fish. You go around a Pac-Man-like maze and you eat smaller fish to become a bigger fish. Mm. And I was showing this to my Japanese teacher and she Mm. was just like, wow, this is a really weird thing. She hadn't seen anything like it. I said, well, that's, that's kind of what the Game Boy was. It was kind of a, a, an area where software development was so cheap and so It sounds like you're fresh. leading on to the, the play date thing now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am a little bit. But it felt like it was a space where people could do loads of stuff. And mm. speaking of uh, Kaito Takeshi, he, he is making a game for this thing called the Play Date, mm. uh, which is a little handheld console. It's going to cost $150. And, and it's going it to come with a, a season of games. A unique uh, gameplay uh, mechanic. Uh, the, the console comes equipped with a physical crank on one side. Yes. Which you will use to play some of the games. Yes, it will. It's also um, got additional D-pad and a couple of face buttons and looks kind of like a squarish Game Boy. It does. What surprised me, actually, was they're going for a black and white screen. Yes. They didn't need to go. For, maybe that's cut cost, perhaps? I would. Sure. Ass- was that a design aesthetic? I assume it's a design aesthetic, yeah. to be honest with you. Like, I just think it's such a beautiful little and piece of technology. Will it just be that, or will it be actually very popular? I don't think it's it's not made to be uh, no, mass market popular, is it? It isn't, and I mean, like, apparently they've been working on this since 2014. Like, this has been a long time yeah. coming. This thing. I think people just get excited when someone announces a new console. It's not a PlayStation or a Nintendo or an Xbox. Microsoft yeah. thing. but I mean, are are you f- like? It's the the company who is making it is Panic, who yeah. made uh, several things for like Mac and iOS, and they published um, Firewatch. That's right, yeah. Um, but are you familiar with the people who are making the console itself? I don't know. If I am. Um, no. So they, the the company making it is called Teenage Engineering, mm. and they they made a bunch a, of teenagers. They made a they made a device called the Pocket Operator. If you're familiar no, with I'm this, not, no. oh, this seems like something that would be right up yours the and Claire's Street. Pocket Operator. Um, so a good a good friends Matteo and Matt have Pocket Operators. And they are essentially little synthesizer boards All right. that make sound effects. Sounds and fun. so I, I will show you this one. Um, and it is it looks like a little game and watch. And it's just a sequence of... No, I've it's, never seen that It's before. a board that has a sequence of knobs and dials on it. Mm. And There's essentially, a visual aspect to that. There is a visual aspect to it, just for like fun yeah. while you're doing it. But essentially, what it is is it's a little music device that you has an AV out and is almost like a little synthesizer. But it has got 
weird random sounds to it. So Well, that sounds fun. It sounds sort of like a, a kid's toy for adults. Yes, very <laughs> much so. And like the one that Matt has is a pocket operator that sound, makes robot noises. Oh, so they're themed. And the one that Matteo has is a pocket operator that makes um, like uh, old school 8-bit sounds, like you're playing Space Invaders. They make uh, barnyard animals. I assume there are some that makes barnyard animals. Like I can see there's one that apparently sounds like a sewing machine, which I'll be very curious about. Wow. But you, you interesting p- that they actually uh, make specific ones for specific sounds yes, rather than they do. have them all on one. Uh, but yeah. I, I think that's just the limitations of the hardware. Maybe it's, it's an affordable piece of kit. Then I, I mean, uh, I think they're about sixty quid. But oh, like okay. they're. A, they're a good time. Like even someone who is rhythmically challenged, as we've mm. previously pointed out mm. on this podcast, as myself, can have fun mashing buttons and making robot Beats sounds. And I guess you can put a beat on and kind yeah, of exactly. Make sounds and you can, and... you know, you can make things sounds base of the metronome. So you would have yeah. like a crank sound, like beep, 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 and then you can play over the top of it. And then you can sequence it all together and make like a really cool, like small little song with very minimal effort. Yes, you can. I believe you can also export them. I think it might have an SD card, but I could be wrong on that. I'm interested. So yeah, as soon as I saw their name was attached to this, I was like, shit, I bet that's going to be fun. And then I started looking at it and saw the people who were making games for it. And I was like, okay if there's going to be a weird Katamari game on there. And they've promised they're not all going to be fishing games because it's clearly... Uh, there's going to be at least itself. one, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, then it'll all be good. Oh, speaking of which, I, I have to say a big thank you to someone there for getting me a pocket sonar. Mm. Um, he, he has to be That's remain a Game Boy so accessory. It is. Um, that so you, thanks to that anonymous person yeah um someone got me a pocket sonar because they saw one for cheap on Yahoo auctions matt boyle a very happy camper it, it made me a very happy camper i'm gonna eventually make a proper video but i'll have to actually like record me going out and fishing oh, and i doing can't all wait stuff. to see matt's fishing video i mean i like fishing my dad does i actually okay. i called my dad well, i was just like right then if i was to name one thing I've never been fishing. that could exist for the game boy that would yeah. make you happy what would it be he's like oh is it something to do with nature i said yeah he's like is it like is it is it a bird? And I was like, no. I was like, what hobby do you have? And he goes, something for fishing. And I was like, yeah. And I showed it to him. I'm like, you could just see my dad's mind oh, explode. Have you ever played uh, Sega Bass Fishing with the um, fishing rod controller? Yes, we played it in an arcade once and okay. bloody loved it. Um, so, Turn the rod left. Turn the rod. Yes. Oh, man. Turn the rod right. I, I saw the other day that there is a Switch game now that uses... There's a Switch game. It's currently in GameStop that you has a rod and you mm, put the well, no, there is fishing games yeah i mean switch, i mean there was stuff for the wii as well right oh yeah, yeah fishing games. A couple so i'm very even sega bass fishing was i'm on the curious wii. to actually play a fishing game in modern mm. day because i think it'd be cool yeah so i got one of those great that was a long drawn out way of saying i want death stranded and i want to play date and you want to have make a video about your fishing controller yeah i would love to wow matthew boyle I don't know what to say after that. No, exactly. That was a uh, bit of a tirade of a rant of video games and then cool new technology. We went off on a Very exciting a times we live in. It is, Just Tom. as we thought the video game industry was getting stale, along comes Death Stranding, along comes the play date. Uh, it's like they answered our call for yes. uh, new and exciting things. It's almost as if they said, wait... <laughs> Stop <laughs> cool your jets, Matt Boyle, you who buys lots of video games. Here's yeah. something for you. Yeah. And I'm totally fine with that. Yeah.
And E3 is coming up in June. It is, yeah. Oh, it's June. It's not very far away. And let's see if we see any other exciting announcements or just uh, more of the same. I, I mean, let, we'll let's see. I mean, to be honest with you, Sony's not there. I'm sure Nintendo will do a direct, which I hope is about Animal Crossing. I would, yeah. You know what? If I could get an Animal Crossing game this year and Death Stranding, I'd be pretty fucking happy. can't say anything I love about Animal, Animal Crossing. <laughs> I love Animal Crossing so much. I've I've been thinking of starting Stardew Valley, but I'm like, no, no, I need to wait. I need to keep myself pure. No, no, no. Oh, I love Animal Crossing so much. Oh, Cyberpunk 2077. I uh, heard recently that that's not going to be playable at E3. I assume that's going to be a next-gen game, to be honest with you. I mean, looking at it, it seemed pretty damn good. But I think that's also one of those... It's probably going to skew the most the line. In- interesting... Yeah, I mean, that and Ghost of Tsushima as well, I would be very curious to play. Yeah. I expect we're going to get some new announcements that are going to be... I hope so. Interesting. Let's see. I would like some new Switch games as well, to be honest The Switch, yes. It's just going from strength to strength. It is. I mean, it, it's got some bloody good video games on it. Mm. So let's see. I would like some more. Please, Tom, may I have some more? You may, Matthew. Good. You didn't go more, <laughs> like in Oliver Twist. Sorry, sorry. It's okay. Um, yeah, well, should we wrap it up then? I think so. Got... I think we've uh, enthused about games for long enough now. I think we have. See, this is the thing. I've been kept in a bottle, yeah. not being able to talk about this, and I've gone through some highs and lows with video games, where I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. But I think we're leaving this on a high. Right? I think the future is bright, and there are at least a couple of exciting things on the horizon that we can and not look orange. forward to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, okay, Play cool. Playdate's more of a yellowish colour. Uh, it's definitely yellow. It's very much in your wheelhouse, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, it's cool. I like yeah, it. I'm going to uh, pick I'll one be, up. Uh, I'm sure you'll be back in Denmark at some point so you can give it a go. Yes. Anyways, um, if you have liked this podcast, uh, let us know that you're listening, even though it's been like a month or so. Yeah, are you I still apologize. listening? Is anyone are out there? Are you listening? Whoa. Anyone still out there? Um, because there probably won't be one next week Somebody's either, because on. I won't be here. Sorry. Um, but if you've liked this podcast, please let us know you're still listening, and we will keep doing them. And if you would like to do that, you can do so in a variety of places. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack. Twitter at TMA Cast, or in the comment section of tomandmattattack.com or blastprocess.com. You can also listen to the podcast in those places, as well as in iTunes and Stitcher. While you're in iTunes, give us a cheeky rate and subscribe. Correct. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, I guess you're not going to be doing any Blast Process stuff because you're here. No, but there is, are still things coming from Blast Process. Uh, Neil will be attending the UK Games Expo. Yeah. Uh, well, he probably is attending it right now. Crikey. This, this weekend. So yeah. if you're into your board games or tabletop games in general, then uh, Give keep it a look. your eyes peeled to Blast Process. Also, Bruno's not going anywhere. He's got some boxes. He's unbox. got some <laughs> boxes. So you can join Bruno and watch one of his... Uh, Unboxing. Cool. Check out his package. <laughs> Indeed. And yeah, I I may sneak out a biographic before I bugger off on my jollies. Um, because I I've been playing a few Game Boy games that I think are pretty interesting. And to be honest, with you, they're Japanese, so I can't interview the developers. So it gives me a free pass to just like make a game where I actually say my feelings on it and not just the history. And I didn't even mention anything about Last Day of June, one of the most interesting games I've played recently. Oh, but, damn it. Uh, we'll save damn that it, Tom Parry. Time. Okay, we'll take that next time. Okay, cool. Um, What do we say to them, Tom Parry, that you co-opted into <laughs> another bloody program? <laughs> you thieving bastard. It, it just came out. I can't help it. I'm sure it did, but what was it? It was Game On. Oh, crikey. Still is. Game On. Game On. Game On.